Hello and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Voorst and I'm the host for today. This is going to be another episode of Table Talk Thursday with uh, myself and Pastor Daniel and Pastor Nathan. Uh, we also have some special guests joining us today where the theme is justice. And that's been a continued conversation that we've been having for the last couple weeks. Uh, but we continue to expand on that. So I uh, hope you enjoy and are able to be informed, but also transformed as well. I want to let you know that um, if you make a contribution to Life Church Canton, that makes a massive difference and helps to impact the lives of real life people. And so if you l- would like to give, uh, I want to invite you to contribute at lifechurchcanton.org give. And I want to thank you as well for your investment in the work that we get to be a part of. Also, I want to remind you, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do so. That way you stay up to date on all of the content we- that we put out. And then also share it with anybody that uh, that might be impacted by this content, if it's been meaningful to you. So without further ado, here is Table Talk Thursday. Well, welcome, folks. It's my delight to be here with you at another Table Talk Thursday. Reminder that all questions are welcome. Questions are due in by Tuesday uh, evening, so we can get it ready for Thursday. Any questions you want to ask? Questions about life in general, theological questions, uh, even theoretical questions like, did Adam have a belly button? We're open to all of these questions. And all (laughs) live questions, as much as we can, as time permits, we will get to those questions. Let's do remember to pray for our nation um, and pray for our world. It's an interesting time that we find ourselves. Uh, We have been secluded from each other, which is why one of the reasons I'm excited that in the next few weeks on July 18th at Life Church Canton, uh, all Life Church men are going to gather together at uh, men's breakfast at 9 a.m. on July 18th at the Pavilion. And that's sponsored by Harry J. Will Funeral Home. It's going to be a great time of good food and good fellowship. So look forward to finding you there. If you haven't heard about it, uh, check out our page, uh, livechurch.com. Uh, livechurchcanton.org and you can sign up on the now page uh, so we can know that you're coming and have some food for you otherwise you just have only good fellowship which is good but it'd be good if you could have some good food too well pastors how are you guys doing as usual i am here i'm pastor daniel and i'm joined with pastor nathan and pastor jared how are you guys doing it is hot that's how i'm doing (laughs) oh man it's it's very warm i'm okay with it though because uh i think Later today, me and my family, we're going to go swimming for a little bit. So we're going to, we're going to cool down that way. Um, that's how are you guys going. Uh, so we actually have a pool in our neighborhood and, um, and, and we have to social distance and we have to sign up to go to the pool. Um, but that's fine. We'll, we'll deal with that. Um, and you know, there's a lot going on at life church and things are happening and, um, and we're, we're trying to figure out how to remain a unified community in the midst of all of this and um it's it's a lot and it's hard work but it's it's worthy uh worthwhile work and um i'm i'm excited to be a part of it and so um yeah i've just been mindful of our church and all the different things that people are going through and praying for them as well so that's where we're at yeah i'm with you on that one brother pastor nathan how you doing I, I echo a lot of where Jared's at. I, I think for me, you know, you go through different seasons. And for, for me, it's been a, a two-year trek through the mountains of all the things that change and do as you, as you lead a church. And 
it's, uh, you know, I think we'll talk a little bit more about some of the things uh, going on, but uh, at a bit later. But one of the things I'm just feeling is this incredible peace in the midst of it. Um, mm. Just uh, and actually an excitement, um, an excitement to have some really worthy, like you said, worthy conversations. And um, I'm really grateful that there are people who are reaching out with their concerns. And I want to celebrate that. You know, you know, sometimes we, we see uh, having to have hard conversations as a bad thing. But for me, you know, I'm just, I, there's a sense of relief in me because now we can have the conversations we need to have as opposed to, um, you know, people for whatever reason, not being able to, wanting to, or reaching out or not having the courage to do it. And I just want to encourage everybody who has reached out, thank you. I'll tell you in person as well, uh, or on the yeah. phone when we talk, but I want to encourage everybody else. So for me, like I preached last weekend and I prepared the sermon and I think I would have been disappointed, like frustrated probably if no one reached out to me. Uh, but right now I'm just trying to fit, fit them all in, uh, and I'm sure oh, more are coming and, and, uh, I want to encourage you if you're thinking about this later, like if you have an issue with me or, or anyone on staff or, or something you want to talk about a questions and you want to meet with the pastor and it's getting in the way of your unity with the church, it's getting in the way of your worship with the church. It's getting in the way of maybe your relationships with other people in the church, man, it's time. Like I was serious about it. So I'm saying it with a smile on my face um, because I truly am excited about this season. Um, I'm also excited. I know this sounds like two different things, but I'm getting it all scheduled. I'm going to be spending some days writing some papers um, in, uh, in Kentucky just for a few days next week. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that, to be able to work on um, the doctorate I've been working on for the last three years, three and a half years. And so I, I'm just grateful for the season that we're in. But it, it's hot. It's real hot. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm glad that you two brothers are humble enough to have people come ask you about your faults. Um, someone like <laughs> me who has none um, is always just I'm super thankful um, <laughs> that the Lord made me as perfect as he made me. No, I'm joking. But no, I think I think we all agree with that. Um, and I think I want to start changing my language even around that and stop calling it hard conversations, but real conversations. Because yeah. I think hard kind of all always undermines that sort of, yeah, it's going to be hard. No, it's actually a good conversation is a real conversation because it's actually, if you think about it, it then it becomes easier. It's a muscle in a sense, right? It gets worked and worked and then it comes mm -hmm. easier. Um, yeah. And I think as we three are getting to know each other even more, because we're still a year into our relationship, um, I think we're having those more and more real conversations even internally that are just for me, making me love you brothers more um, and just see the complexities of all of who we are. So I love it. I'm thankful for it. Um, as for me and my house, we are doing fine. Um, I lost my aunt last weekend. And so that's an interesting Sorry. season to be in um, because of all the nuances that attend uh, her situation. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's very interesting to just be in that season, but also be who I am in the sense of knowing that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh and the That's Lord right. is still blessed in whatever circumstance it is. Um, and so it's, it's important. And again, theology is not just for conversation, but theology is for life. And my theology lets me know that God is sovereign and that God is good. And that um, in many ways he answers prayers by healing people physically or by taking them home and healing them permanently. And so I, I'm super thankful for all those things. Uh, we do have some special guests today. 
Um, some of some people know, some people don't. If you if you are either listening on the podcast, shout it out in your car wherever you are, or if you're in the comment section here, you can comment. But we have two wonderful guests that we're gonna reveal one at a time. Well, actually, no, we'll just reveal yeah, on the count the of three. Time. One, two, three. Reveal yourself. Oi, there's one. There you go. Hey guys. How you guys doing? I am cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, if you folks don't know who these lovely people are, I'm putting their names back up here. But this is Laura Garvey. Laura, wait for the folks. And this is Bridget. Uh, Bridget Reynolds and they are our sisters and we've invited them on to chat with them because of the work that the Lord's been doing through them and so we've got a few questions that we're going to run through with them we'll not run through we're going to take our time and let it simmer like some, like some good saute um, but first question to you ladies how are you doing in this season how is this season going for you guys feel free to share Who's I'll going? go first All I'll right. go first um I'll say that I am trending upward and onward. And I have a, I believe that it's a lot to do with the fact that this is a brand new month. So therefore it brings that sense of optimism and hopefulness. So, um, but nevertheless, just because of the season that we're in, I take it on a day by day um, basis. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down, but I'm making it. So that's all that matters. Man, yeah, at least it, it's it's upward at least until you get to the 15th. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Laura, how are you this this unique season? Good, good. And I guess I was thinking season more like since March for some reason. Mm -hmm. feels that's like what I'm thinking. Season. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what I had in mind. Mm -hmm. So oh, I yeah. think um, I feel like it was like, you know, the COVID crisis and then kind of whiplashed into the racial tension. Uh, mm. I wouldn't call it a crisis, but, you know, just one major event to another. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah. But um feel like I had some really good time with my family that we wouldn't have had having teenagers. Um, and I feel like the, the uh, slowness of the COVID season and just being home and having no schedule kind of helped prepare for the next season um, since George Floyd and kind of um, was a time to take action and have a lot of conversations and uh, do some work. So that's, that's how it's been going for me. Laura and Bridget, we were talking a little bit before um, we got started and you both are in, you're both moms and wives. Um, and so you have a huge role there. And, um, but you're in very different seasons in terms of how old your kids are. So Bridget, you were talking about PBS kids for your kids, yes. right? And then uh, Laura, you're talking about errands that you have to run. You've got one kid in college. And so, you know, very different extremes. Um, but then you're also unique individuals and God has wired you specifically. How has he blessed you or allowed you um, just to, to remain faithful to him or what have been some, some blessings to you, some disciplines that you've been able to participate in uh, to continue to grow in your relationship with God during this season? I'm going, aren't I? Yeah, you uh, do yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, same thing that um, Laura has already mentioned, even though um, COVID-19 has brought like a lot of death, I believe that is like birthed a lot of awesome things within my family, um, the four of us here. Uh, for instance, Friday nights, my, my kids expect pizza and a movie. Um, it's, <laughs> let's see, um, I ended up building relationships with other people in our church. One person, I send three things that I am grateful for every day. And that just kind of helps us to just elevate our minds to just like, okay, just there is something to be grateful for, no matter what. 
And the third thing that I've been doing as far as the spiritual practice is learning about lament and learning to lament and to how to become a competent lamenter um, is something that is not really practiced in our um, in our culture because it's very victory and triumphant and in um, praise and worship and there's nothing wrong with that but this is a spiritual practice that has been um, just kind of been left behind and it allows me to identify and address the pain um, to basically recognize uh, that all is not well with the world and that is a lot of chaos and confusion, but our God is big enough to be able to handle that and that he wants us to be honest and to ask those questions and to give him his concerns and to turn to him and not turn away from him. So um, I've had an opportunity to be able to flex my lament muscles. Anybody who knows me knows I like to write. And so I like to write out those prayers and to pray those prayers. And uh, that has been a blessing for me because it allows me to, instead of withdraw as what I would want to naturally do when I'm confronted with something that is going to be um, challenging and um, uncomfortable. This is not a un this is not a comfortable time. But lament prayer has helped me to is to see God in the midst of. Good. Man, thank you, man. You're like awesome. you're, you're, you get up there and preach here. I'm excited yeah. about it. like yeah. I forgot that I had the next question. I'm, about I'm to just pass like the plate. Yeah, let's just <laughs> can, can we get a love offering? Anyways. Uh, <laughs> And we got to hear from Laura yet, too. Yeah, let's get more. Well, what can I even say? Um, so much. Yeah, I would just say, again, like the one of the blessings was just um, because I do have teenagers, as Jared mentioned, the fact that we had like, you know, back in March and April and May that we had dinner together like five, six nights a week um, probably would have never happened at, the, at this point in where our kids are. Um, and now, now four of us out of the five of us are back working so we've kind of all we're kind of our separate ways again but i that was a blessing to have kind of that even though there was an undercurrent of stress and anxiety and and tension and hardness that was still really nice to have that time um another blessing is i just feel like a lot more people are becoming aware about racial issues and racial justice and so um it's been a blessing to kind of lean into some of those conversations and um another unusual so Bridget's pressed into lamenting and I've pressed into marching um, it's been a new thing for me and I like um, a quote I think it's it's been attributed to like uh, Jewish rabbi and to Frederick Douglass but the idea that marching is praying with your feet um, and the idea of just being out in solidarity um, with people and putting action to faith and uh, it's just been it's been interesting to to literally march and um, figuratively march alongside my brothers and sisters. So, yeah, that's wonderful. What I I just thought about um, Lutheranism, po Protestantism, and and the word is protest. It's protesting, and and um, you know we we get really excited about Luther nailing his theses to the to the to the church wall, saying these are the things that need to change. Um, and so we, it's in our DNA. Ed Stetzer, I, I put a, a thing about that, about what he talks about with protesting. But I love the idea of marching and this idea of like solidarity that you shared. Thank you for sharing that. It's beautiful. I think too, just how grateful I, I am been that I have a family that has good communication strategies and that you have a family that likes each other uh, for the most part. I mean, probably not every day. But that, that you get to um, find joy and comfort in the midst of that uncertainty together, I think that's such a gift. Um, 
And it's good to be reminded that's a gift for me as well. Um, wow, man, this is good stuff. We could just camp out here for a little bit. Um, yeah, but I have I mean, other questions. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's just, I think it, it, I'm just super thankful for Laura, um, for both of you, but I'm just super thankful for Laura. Um, I, I think, um, I think Laura makes me want to think and then, and then, and, and just really feel feelings of just man the gravitas of it because the way she delivers is just like it's sort of almost rabbinic in a sense <laughs> and and then and then you've got Bridget just making me want to pass the plate and which is both good things so one makes me want to march the other one makes me want to give and all those things are just coming together well so I, I thank you both for the work that you do so I'm just, just thankful for you if, if it's not obvious I, I love you both so I just want that to be obvious yeah. but go ahead um, you know, one of the things that we love um, about our church is that we'll uh, do whatever it takes, wherever it takes us. And mm. we have this relentless pursuit of one more. And we, we pursue people together on teams that we were part of ministries. We're uh, pulled out in our giftings and skills and that we have people leading within our church that aren't paid to lead. They're just, uh, they're just equipped to lead. And by equipped, not just by us, but primarily by God and his ministry in their their life. And I'm so grateful for you guys because you've been so invested in um, pursuing more people and doing whatever it takes here. Um, so what, what tell people, what do you do here at Life Church Canton? And you can talk about what you did because right now what will you do? Some of it's getting more intense, but they're, you know, we're not together physically. So uh, we were talking about lots of different things beforehand, but tell us, and, and we'll start with Bridget. What, what, do you do here at Life Church Canton? Um, well, first and foremost, um, I've been a part of Life Church Canton ministry since 2015, like the summer. So we're five years in. However, we didn't become partners until a little bit before COVID hit. Um, I have done multiple different things, but right now I am a co-facilitator um, with Be The Bridge and um, with Laura. And we have we managed to do a group this year um, in the winter, and we started off in person, and then we had to be forced to go to um, to Zoom. And I think having that community was like a saving grace. It's something to keep your mind on something else besides what was going on in the world. And as soon as after that finished, we also did a book study called The Color of Compromise, and just um, just noticing the church's um, complicity with um, race racism in America and. Um, that's what I do for right now. That's great. Um, so tell us just a little. That book up all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, I can't. It, it, yeah. it, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm creepily staring into the screen and slowly bringing the color of compromise for our podcast li listeners. You said some really important things there about the color of compromise and be the bridge. Can you help if I'm listening to it? And, and what is the 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 two sentence distinction between the two and what would be my next step? If you were talking to, to someone, uh, what, what would be the two, two sentence or one sentence, whatever distinction between the color of compromise group and the be the bridge group. That's for you, Bridget. Okay. It's for me. When I think yeah. about color. Okay. So in the color of compromise, they have this thing called the art towards racial justice. So you have your awareness, you have your relationship and you also have your commitment. Like um, what, are, what are you going to do and how are you going to work this out? Because this, I believe that um, Be The Bridge is not a magic bullet, even though it's about a six to eight week class. You don't just take this class and like, okay, well, I got it. You know, I'm a good person is no, you have to work this thing out and continually work it out where 
collar or compromise gives you that history um, about um, Christianity and just this role with um, complicity within race and within the church and how that plays out and even within um, racism in America as well. So it gives you that history, it gives you that context. And I feel as though that honestly, it should be the precursor to you doing Be The Bridge because a lot of people come to Be The Bridge and they, you know, they have this colorblind mentality and I, I need you to see me and what God has made. And I, I mean, that's what I would prefer. And um, that's how I see the difference of the color of compromise. You're going to get your history, you're going to get your context, you're going to get things that you probably did not get in high school or in, and this probably might be hitting you for the first time. So it's going to be very gritty. And then you hit the relationship. So you get the A, the color of compromise is the A, the awareness, and then you hit be the bridge, which is that relationship. You're getting a chance to have that um, transracial um, communication with other people and actually try to develop some authentic relationships with people who don't yes. look like you. That's why I asked you the question, because you said that so much better than I would have. Uh, I will say that was a, a solid uh, 32 sentences, but I think we were, that was amazing. Thank you so much. One of the things I want to yeah, one of the things I want to highlight is all that information, the great things you said. Um, we have a new webpage uh, on our webpage, it's lifechurchcanton.org, and we have different things on there. One of them is justice. So if you want to know more and have content and conversations, if you're like, hey, I just want to put my foot in the water and look, there's resources to look at. So you can make that decision if you want to jump in on one of those groups. Thank you so much. Uh, Laura, I, you know, what have you, now I know your list of things that you have done is really long and I love it. And you can, you can come in here and flex on how God has used you if you want, because it's all about God. He gets the glory. But tell me, what, what do you do here? What, what is your, what is, uh, you know, something you're passionate about? Yeah, well, I will say that we are in our like 17th year at Life Church Canton, which is crazy. So um, my 17 year old was born right when Life Church started, so it really helps me be able to <laughs> keep track of that. Um, yeah, and I've done some different things with um, like adoption orphan ministry. Um, I actually led the, um, I headed up the mission control team, which was like Life Kids registration, like back in the day. Probably no one even here knows that. that I mission that control. Me. Yeah, mission mm, control. Nice. It was because it was called like space. What was it called? Blast? I don't know. Anyway someone knows anyway that was what it was called so um but more recently i've been involved with be the bridge so i have to give a shout out to trey turner who um back in like i think fall of 2016 she just um, got really interested in racial reconciliation and heard about be the bridge which was started um i don't know the year but um 2014-15 by a gal named latasha morrison um, she's out of Texas, and um, she started this these Be the Bridge groups and churches to uh, do racial justice. And she was actually featured on an IF gathering, which is a large uh, Christian women's conference, and um, spoke on a panel. And the thing went crazy. They didn't even have like uh, a book, a workbook yet, and they just uh, everything ramped up, and that's really where it exploded. So there's groups all over the country. There's an amazing Facebook group that I would highly, highly recommend being a part of if you're interested in. So anyway, Trey heard about Be the Bridge and she found out that she, the best way to do it in a church is to co-lead with a woman of color because she was a white woman. So she went to Kate Buckner and said, I want to do this group, but I don't know any black people. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, so Kate connected Trey with Tamara Soderberg and they started the first uh, Be the Bridge at Life Church in the winter of 2017. And I was in that group. Um, and then Chere moved to Georgia that summer. And so since then, I've helped co-lead um, the next six groups. So we've done seven sessions of Be the Bridge at Life Church. We've also done like three or four um, book studies. 
um, that I've helped co-lead. So I co-lead with Chandler for a while and now with Bridget. So some people, I just want to share all that because some people that have come to be the bridge recently are like, I didn't even know that we had been doing this for years. So um, I don't know what the actual question was, but there's my answer. That was great. I think you did a wonderful job just talking about how we've been, you know, even before I even came here. I mean, I had heard about it while I was interviewing. And it's one of the things that attracted me to the church was just this, this, uh, although it feels like we've thrown some gas on the fire lately because of how um, aware we've been of it as a, as a nation uh, recently, it is something that has been a trajectory since before I even got here. So it's one of the things I'm, I've been so joyful has grown and continued and, and prepared us. Uh, not fully, but started to prepare us for the season that we're in. So thank you for laying the foundation, the hard work that has uh, the that has the relationship that can bear the weight of these kinds of conversations. So thank you, ladies, for continuing to lead us and lead the church and lead people to really difficult conversations and through to something beautiful. Amen to that. Well, so I mean, it, it, obviously, you you know, Nathan alluded to this that um, um, <laughs> you know, old joke used to say, "What's the difference between pastors and the congregation? Pastors are good because they're paid to be good, and the congregation is good for nothing." Um, and <laughs> so, and you guys are good for nothing, but no, you guys are really good. no, uh, for no, you guys have been doing a lot of work that will um, honestly that puts a lot of people who who in some churches are on staff to shame in the sense of just how passionate you are. Um, and it's very encouraging to see that. Um, so with that said, though, you guys do have jobs and other things that you're doing uh, in life, right, in general. Um, in, in terms of that, and and I just want to make sure I sort of uh, open this up to however way you felt led to answer is, but what if any challenges have you experienced um, either in ministry or in, in your secular work or in life period in this season? And how have you or how are you working through that? So have there been any challenges that you've experienced? And it, it could just be in this season uh, and, and you could determine season however way you want to um, define it however way you want to, whether it's that COVID season that will forever be in our memory um, lodged in there giving us all kinds of anxiety, or if it's just a season of life you're in, uh, and you both are in different seasons, right? Um, you've got kids in college um, at this point, uh, Laura and um, Bridget, you and I are praying for our kids to get to college quickly. Um, <laughs> so, and so, so how, how, what if, what challenges have you experienced and how have you been dealing with them and working through them? Okay, uh, let's see. Uh-oh. <laughs> Bring it on. Oh, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a walking challenge. <laughs> Just challenges among us. Uh, I, <laughs> um, I, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'm really passionate about this subject. So um, uh, I have a tendency of reading a lot and trying to consume a lot as far as, you know, videos. I, I really do try to pack it in. But at the same time, um, by trade, um, for the past 10 years, I've been in the fitness industry. So I am very aware of wellness and the importance of that. So my challenge is managing my self-care and making sure that I do not put that on the back burner. And um, that even goes along with mental. There's like different dimensions of wellness. And um, it's one thing that I have done to try to uh, get over that as of late. Um, I like to do 
bullet journaling is for people who like planners, but don't, um, when they buy a planner and it's nice and brand new, it ends up staying like probably in the box for like a couple of weeks because you just don't use it or you're very sporadic. Well, bullet journaling is for me. Um, and it is a creative outlet and making sure that I do not neglect um, being creative and to create this um, this season is almost like a creative season. I have different like business ideas and um, just just things, even just making uh, crayons, melting like crayon molds um, and just mm -hmm. making letters with my kids and like, just doing things with my kids, um, um, making sure that I am not uh, being being effective um, versus being efficient. Um, Meaning that like if I'm cooking in the kitchen, I want my kids to be in the kitchen with me, making things with me. Yes, it'd be more effective for me to actually do it myself. It'd be effective for me to clean by myself. But if I'm going to be um, efficient, I mean, it'd be efficient for me to clean, but to be effective, I can teach my yeah. kids and take that time and yeah. to produce, you know, into just deposit into them. So just try to get out of myself. That's how I try to overcome challenges because you keep looking in all the time and, you, and seeing or looking out. It's kind of crazy, but just um, just try to either pay it forward. And um, yeah, that's what I do. Absolutely. So I think I think I mean you said some great things in there, and um, I'm I'm definitely going to copyright that uh, that efficient effectiveness. I like that. Um, I'm sorry, Stephen Covey had it first, so it's okay, just one of those yeah, things yeah, I, yeah. I internalize. Is what he I probably got it from me. Um, uh, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I just love alliteration. So that was very good. And, and it's a pointed alliteration. So, uh, I mean, I think what I pull out of that is just uh, prioritizing self-care, um, which also includes family care. And I think that's good. So that's definitely a good way to not only handle challenges in any season, but to uh, position yourself in a way that when the challenges come, they don't destabilize you uh, and, and, and sort of tear you at the seams. So that's good. Mm -hmm. Laura, how about you? Well, how have you been um, coping with challenges and do you have a, a alliteration for us as well? But, or maybe it'll come to me. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny at first with all the COVID stuff, I think I was feeling so bad and I still do for parents with little kids because you know, you've got toddlers and these little kids with all this energy and then just to be cooped up in the house. So I feel that. But I also realize that it is also challenging to parent teenagers through this time because they're starting to get their independence and, and uh, you know, move away from home. And then just to kind of be back home is definitely a challenge. And um, my catchphrase has been, I don't know, I've never parented through a pandemic before because I feel like that comes up over and over. Like, can we do this? Can we go to that? Why don't you know? Like, there's no script for this, right? There's no manual of like how to, how to parent and how to make these decisions um, in the midst of a pandemic. So that has been challenging. And so I've just been, you know, trying to figure that out as we go and uh, seek God with all of that. So, and I think the other challenge, and I'm trying to figure out how to say this the right way, it's been, well, I'm encouraged that um, particularly a lot of white people are kind of waking up to what's going on um, in our country racially. It's also, it can be discouraging to have people not get it and not see it. Um, I just finished reading um, David Swanson's book. Do you have that one, Nathan? 
that you can show? I don't. It's at it's at my office at home, but I do okay. have it. It's right okay. there on. I was the, waiting. I could just. It's on my phone. I, know, I was going to do that. I was going to do that. <laughs> um, so it's called Rediscipling the White Church, and one of the things that really struck me toward the end is he talked about that oftentimes white people have kind of this, you know, like they they come to Christ and they have their salvation, and they have like a second awakening to this, and then how, but how do we um, how do we disciple people? from the get-go that when they come to Christ, they also understand. <laughs> that's terrible. That's you do a better day there. There's bass and there's terrible. And that's terrible. You are you better at being creepy, Nathan. That's I terrible. appreciate you, you. You tried to do it with the phone. It looked terrible. Back to Laura. Jeez. Yeah. It, it wasn't just terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. There's, it was real there's terrible. There's bass and terrible. terrible. Yeah. Terrible. So anyway, just the idea that like people from the – uh, right from salvation would understand that everyone's created in the image of God and what that means as far as um, race so that it's not this later awakening but that it all comes together and realizing that it's not I mean I think a lot of times um, us be the bridge people have felt a little bit like we've been like this fringe group <laughs> and uh, so that's challenging but I'm encouraged that people are seeing that it's not just this peripheral issue but that it's a core gospel issue um so um yeah so it's like some days i'm so encouraged by what's happening and some days i'm really discouraged so that's a challenge to kind of find the balance of that hey laura i got a quick question for you so i'm actually on a zoom call tonight with david swanson um and uh, some people from illinois and michigan and wisconsin um who have all walked through the book together and on your behalf, are there any questions um, that, that you'd like me to ask him? That's not fair. You can't throw a question at me that I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> tell you what. If you think if you think of something after this, let send it send it my way because. Um, okay, that's fair. I'm I'm really excited for that call that's going to be happening tonight. Yeah, he's a great yeah. resource too. If you want to yeah. follow someone on social media, um, yeah, he's got great stuff going on. So. And one of the things I want to say, Laura, and what I appreciate about you, we had a conversation on a partner care call, which a partnership we talked about is the people who are committed to what's going on in the church and investing, and they're doing incredible um, things. But we were having a conversation um, just about how things are going, and you shared with me, I just got done talking about the APEST and the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, and you had just talked about how your job is to shepherd through relationships and to shepherd people in these conversations. And I love that. I love that about you. I love your heart in that and just the connection you made. And um, what would you say, like, I don't want to speak for you, but if there are people who maybe are on the other end, um, there clearly are in our church who are just like really struggling with this and, and specifically mostly white people, but maybe not all, but that are just struggling with um, specifically um, whether this is a gospel issue and, or secondly, um, you know, you know how this, this isn't um, the church jumping into politics, but that we're jumping into the gospel. You know, would you invite people to have a conversation with you? I'm assuming, but is there anything you could say to help them um, as they begin to process? Oh gosh, that's a hard question too. I think um, one thing that really stands out to me, um, and I'm kind of co-opting this from Robin D'Angelo, who wrote the book White Fragility. Um, but she talked about. I heard her. Um, do a talk and she talked about how um, you know she grew up in the church her neighborhood her school everywhere she, 
all the social things she was in were all white. And she said, I had very loving parents, very loving teachers, very loving um, church leaders that loved me and guided me through all of these steps, but that never mentioned that I might be missing something by living my life in whiteness. Um, and the idea that um, that's just something that I feel very strongly about. Like I can't imagine not having those relationships now and how they have influenced my life to be um, in relationships with people of color, to know them, to hear their stories, to uh, carry their burdens. I just, um, and, and something you said to me, Nathan, one time was that we, when we only see God through a white evangelical lens, we we're only seeing like different, you know, one aspect of God. Um, so I feel like, you know, open your heart to be able to um, see different perspectives, to see God more fully. I think you see yourself more fully. You see your neighbor more fully. Like it's just a more full life. The more, um, I don't want to say diversified because I don't like that word, but the more um, integrated your life is with mm people of different colors, people of different experiences, people of, um, yeah, with different perspectives, the more rich and full your life becomes and the closer you feel to God because you understand him more fully. Wonderful. I think the balance and the push and the pull, again, I'll go back. It's not a hard conversation. It's a real conversation. I appreciate that you've had so many real conversations and that you continue to shepherd people through that. I hope people would uh, continue to push into those and even if they're hard and have the courage uh, because we can see God move so deeply in our hearts. And, and we can, if we were just, if we could just open up our hands for just a little bit, and we can see uh, how good God is um, and how he's, he's guiding through relationships. Thank you for answering that. Um, I didn't know if, if Bridget, you wanted to add anything to that or, or not. No, I don't. I no, that's sure fine. I'm sensitive to, to time. I think oh, I no, there, you, there, you're not bound by any time. This is oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're free. Yeah. Um, you is free. Um, and um, <laughs> no, I was going to say, I mean, with something that you said, Nathan, caused me to ask another question that might be helpful hopefully um, mm -hmm. to our, our brothers and sisters who are um, uh, who are light in, in melanin um, and um, I think the question that I have uh, Laura is you are able and I'm, I'm blessed by you um, for many reasons one of the reasons is the way you shepherd um, through this process of you know, our brothers and sisters uh, who are white. And, and one of the things that that also allows is you're able to work and walk into circles that Bridget and I can't walk into uh, in a way that um, doesn't already have arms up um, because then you can, you can come across in multiple different ways. You walk into these spheres, uh, this, these circles. Obviously, the more people know who you are, the less, you know, easy it is for these circles sometimes. But most of the time, you're able to just have generic, regular conversation because of your shared experiences with the with these folks. Um, what would you say? And I don't want to say just one, but what would you say is one of the? And I'm talking from a sincere perspective, not just somebody that's like, I don't want to listen, I don't care. You know, someone who's actively engaged in, I don't like people of color, right? But mm -hmm. in terms of people who sincerely are ignorant, what would you say are some of the main obstacles 
that stop in them or that they find to be hidden? Is it, you kind of hinted at some of it is the ignorance, right, of what happened. But even beyond that, is there anything that you've seen as a common theme uh, that you see is what's lacking and causing people to not want to make that step into engaging this? Well, I think I'm going to borrow from Robin D'Angelo again, but I think it's, she talks about like the good, bad binary, like the idea. Um, I think we're most afraid, we're like terrified of being called racist. Um, and I think the minute someone um, would say that you are, or even imply that you would be, that when white people tend to get extremely defensive, um, so I think um, her work and then um, Ibram X. Kendi talked his book, um, How to Be an Anti-Racist. He actually says that there's, you're either, there's no such thing as not being racist. You're either racist or anti-racist and you can move between those all the time. So like as much as I've done all this work, I can still have a racist thought or if you want to think of them as prejudiced, it, I mean, the word racist is just so packed, but um, you know, there's, and there's personal racism, right? Internalized racism, there's structural racism. So it's like, even though I've done a lot of the internal work of racism, I'm still a part of structures that favor whiteness. So I think the idea that um, it being racist doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you've been brought up in a, in a culture where it's the area that you breathe, that whiteness is centered. And so um, just taking it off of you know, yourself as a label and just looking at, at it as, hmm, was that thought racist or was it anti-racist? Was that behavior I just engaged in, was that racist or anti-racist? And realizing that you have the capacity um, for both and that doesn't mean that you're good or bad, it just means that you're learning and growing and part of mm. um, this world. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Uh, I couldn't have, yeah, I, I'm just thankful for, for your answer on that one. And I think, um, I think I, I, I want to ask Bridget this as well is um, how, and you feel free to sort of navigate this however way you want to, but before Life Church, before um, um, Be the Bridge, would you say you had close relationship with someone of uh, uh, that was white and how do you feel um do you feel like you were missing something because i think we we rarely talk about that and i rightly so i think we really talk about that aspect too because racism has robbed white people of the beauty of seeing people and engaging people of color but i think that the robbery is two-way in a sense too it's also robbed someone like me of the the joy of knowing caucasians who love god and love people um, and not falling into the um, the the trickery of monolithicizing. Well, I'm making up a word right now, but creating a monolith of white people and a caricature of white people as oh they all feel this way. Something that I wouldn't want done to me, right? In a sense. Mm -hmm. But for you, Bridget, like, has there is this one of your first authentic? Um, um, you know, <laughs> Laura, is this your first Negro? And, 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 and oh gosh, you know, you know, you I feel know, like I, we're, I feel like we're DTRing right now, defining the relationship <laughs> for them. No. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. Just let me, let me, let me, help, let me just bail you out. How about that, Daniel? Thank you. Help. Okay. I, I feel my help. <laughs> okay. So, um, this is what I am going to say. Um, this particular work is not foreign to me. Um, 
meaning that I went to a predominantly white school. I went to Central Michigan University. Um, I was on a predominantly white campus. So I had to navigate that environment, even though I'm born and raised in Detroit and went to predominantly black schools and then go to that small, you know, big city to a small town that's predominantly white. Um, and you you have kind of necessarily don't have to, but you, I mean, it's, this is not my first encounter. I think that's how I'm gonna navigate it like that. Yes, that's good. But what I am going to say is that we talk a lot about learning and education, but we don't talk about a lot about unlearning. And unlearning is not exclusive to white people. There has to be some unlearning that also has to be done for people of color as well. So therefore what Be The Bridge does for me, it keeps me aware, it keeps me in check, it keeps my implicit balance, I mean implicit bias in balance, it makes me question the question. And um, that's, I mean, it also with the, you hit on um, internalized oppression, color or compromise was a game changer and a life changer for me because I'm like, oh, there's some things that I'm thinking about myself or there's sometimes that I might put white people's or white feelings above my own. What's up with that? So I'm, I'm just want, and just being able to be able to speak my truth and try to do that unapologetically. Um, so there's some unlearning that has to take place. And that's, you know, that's just a part of the package deal. And it's ongoing. Yeah. And that's what I was hoping to hear. I mean, in the sense of, I think, you, and I, I think that's spot on. The unlearning process is, uh, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's very much symbiotic. We're learning from each other and we are unlearning together. So yeah, thank you guys for sharing that. I think that that's very helpful. Um, yeah, sweet, cool. One Can thing I'll say, say that, oh. no, Laura, you go, you go. I was just gonna say the one more thing I would recommend people do is um, like diversify your friendships, but also diversify your social media feed and uh, your bookshelf mm. and your podcasts and your movies. And um, I've heard it said decolonize, decolonize your bookshelf. bookshelf. Um, so that would be a, a first step I would say is to, um, just think about who you're reading, who you're listening to, who you're watching. Are they all white? Are they all male? Um, you know, change it up. It'll, it'll open your eyes to a lot of things. And I think, I think what the, what people so often hear and, and there's some of this that we need to truly look at, but so what people often hear is so much as, as white people is what we're losing, you know, or that we're mm. bad. Like, I just know that people who, if they're even listening at this point, which I wish they would and hope they are, and, and, and I hope that they're not getting opinions about what we believe as a church without actually listening to every sermon and listening to every Table Talk Thursday, which I find that many people are, but that's okay because they're not actually listening to me right now, so I can call them out because they're not listening. <laughs> so I'm excited about the conversations. There's a we lot of subcontext behind Let's that. Go. Brother, Let's but go. Well done. But listen, listen, here's what I got to say about this. Here's what I got to say about this. This we have to get out of this mindset that we have to preserve our own power. That is so extra biblical. It's so anti-gospel. Anti it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It is, mm. it is. So, but, but here's the thing. Anytime we go after the gospel, we experience greater life. But in this case, we are not just experiencing greater life. We are preserving, protecting, and, and, and growing that greater life for other people. And, and so that's the gospel. Like, that's the joy of the gospel. We've got to experience this joy and keep reminding ourselves. I said, and we can't have diversity without justice, right? I said that, and people ask questions about it. What I meant is justice is getting in the way of what we could experience in God. And so we have to go after it. But we still can experience it in part as we go. Micah 6.8 comes to mind as you ladies uh, were talking, and it just says, he has shown you, O oh mortal, what is good. 
What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and then that last one, to walk humbly with your God. And what I hear from you is humility, that you are going after it, that you love it. And uh, I'm just so grateful that you are living out this verse for us and leading us through that and leading people through that. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Uh, Pastor Jared, I do want to hear from you on any, yeah. if you have any thoughts. And then, uh, ladies, I'd love to hear some sort of an invitational from you guys to any of our audience, white, black, um, yellow, whatever, and just hear from folks on um, just how you invite them into this conversation from your different vantage points. So, uh, Pastor Jared, and then we'll move on yeah. to the. Uh, there's a little bit of an elephant for me because one of the things that we talked about earlier when we first started Table Talk Thursday is just women and leadership and ministry. And so as Bridget was so uh, graciously saying, Daniel, let me bail you out there. All I could think about was it is not good for man to be alone. <laughs> and, and so the, the Lord provides a helper. And um, man, Bridget, you're a helper. <laughs> hold up, hold up. Hold okay. up, they ain't married. I just want to make sure well, no one gets confused you know, on true. that one. I, I get you. I get you. Yes. Man didn't, it, yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know if you helped, Nathan. I think you bringing that up spoke that pink Nobody elephant was out. thinking it until Nobody he said it. Just, right. It was you, brother. It was all you. There we go. He's going to show this book again. Color of compromise to deflect and uh, move away from that conversation. No, but since you've <laughs> away from opened the... up that or uh, that conversation, I will I will go ahead and say Bridget is married to a wonderful, brilliant man named Tim, and uh, he's he's a good yay, guy. Yay. Loved getting to know him a little bit more too, and uh, both yeah. Bridget and Tim are very. Um, the way they think about the world is is so vast and so. Um, it's just great. It's been a blessing to me too. And so I think sometimes um, people put so much emphasis and I'll say that about Laura too, um, but people put so much emphasis on the pastor and the role of pastor. And there, there's a reason for that. And I get that. Um, but there's some brilliant minds within our church as well. And so it's been uh, that they don't hold the title of pastor or staff member or whatever. And uh, some of you were alluding to this earlier, but um I've just been so appreciative of that. And, um, and then specifically, just the fact that you as strong women of, of God in Christ um, has been a blessing to me as well. And when people have asked me about conversations where they're skeptical about women in ministry or just women in the faith in general, um, sometimes when it starts to get more personal in the conversation, I'll just say, hey, you know what? From my experience, like I feel like I'm missing out if I don't have the voice of a woman speaking about their perspective of God um, in in all facets of our faith and all facets of the gospel, including uh, racial injustice, among other things as well. So, um, you know, when you talk about your experience of um, you know, was I missing out on something because I didn't have a particular relationship? I think in the church, if I'm missing the female voice, I'm missing an aspect of what God ultimately wants to do in and through creation. And so I've just been so thankful for, for your guys' perspective, uh, uh, your ladies' perspective, um, and, and, um, and just your faith and your perseverance through uh, the, the ver 
variety of challenges that you've had to face as, as wives, as mothers. Um, yeah, so thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, well said, Pastor Jared. Well, ladies, you, you, um, uh, we've had a great time with you, um, but still wanting to hear from you in terms of just an invitational. Uh, if you would go ahead and just do that, and then we will um, uh, close you guys out and just have a couple minutes to talk about some other things. Um, so it's been a joy, super joy having you guys here, uh, and thank you uh, again. Um, I'll go ahead, and then I'll let Bridget get the last word, because um, <laughs> I want to piggyback on what Jared just said. And um, so part of, so my invitation based on what Jared just said is that um, I think we've had like almost, did I say that almost a hundred people go through Be the Bridge and different things, but I'm going to tell you that it's been like, I don't know, I'm going to make up a number 85%, 90% women. Um, this has been a women led and women involved thing. And so my invitation would be to challenge some of our men to step up Ooh. into uh, this work. Um, I mean, I love that it's been the women, but we would love to see uh, the men step in too, but let it be known that it was the women. They <laughs> 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 were the going. first ones that found Jesus, so go for it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would say if you are interested in learning more, obviously, um, can we say it one more time? Maybe mm -hmm. the color compromise and the videos are available for free. The videos um, are on Amazon Prime and they're on Right Now Media. So even if you can't be a part of a group, you could do it with your family, with your spouse, with some friends. Um, if you are interested in doing Be the Bridge, we're hoping to do another group in the fall. You know, everything's so up in the air right now. But um, go to be the bridge at lifechurchcan.org and just email us. We have a list. We kind of have a waiting list of people that are interested in doing the next session. So that would be my invitation is to, to get involved that way. And, uh, and like I said, just uh, put yourself under the teachings of uh, people of color. Cause it's not just a, it's not just us reaching out to people in need or to do something like that, but we need to learn um, from each other. So that that's my invitation. So off to you, Bridget. Um, the only thing I think I will add is that if you don't know that there is a Be The Bridge Facebook page from Latasha Morrison, and it also has units on it and curriculum, and you can work at it at your own pace. Um, it's a very unique group because when you are in, accepted, there's three months of silence until you complete those three units. And there's, it's very critical, mission critical that you complete those assignments because that actually kind of gives you a foundation. So when we do open up Be The Bridge in the fall, at least you'll have a framework to kind of go in with instead of walking in blind. Well, is that, I, and I Bridget, think, is it, sorry, is that an open invitation, that Facebook page? Like, would it be, would it be helpful if I went ahead and put that on our website as well? Yes, yeah. please. Okay, Absolutely. Great. I'll do that. It's a, it's not a life church group. It's a national group. Oh, right. okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think um, one of the other things that's, that's interesting for me personally is that I've had the privilege to work specifically directly with Bridget and Laura um, as we talk about Be The Bridge and um, I think one of the things that I want to sort of add to the invitation is that it is a safe space and a mm. brave space. And we make those, um, not distinctions, but we put those couples together because it's safe because all initial thinking is welcome. You go welcome to, I mean, I can't tell you at every Breeder Bridge, I feel, I feel like the, the statement that always starts off is, I don't see color at every Breeder Bridge. It seems like it. I don't know if I'm wrong, Laura, you've been to many of them, but 
Bridget, you feel like the same? It's like, and we help unpack that in a loving way to hopefully at the end of it, um, allowing you to see all of the myriads of colors that the Lord has made that makes it beautiful and glorious to know God. So, so I want to invite folks that um, you don't have to have any answers. You mm-hmm. may come in as, and I mean this in the most loving way possible, as ignorant as you can be about this subject. And the hope is to lovingly walk you through that. So don't feel like you have to know anything um, to come through. Um, and even as we revamp um, uh, the sort of, I guess, ministry, to see what we want to do. We're talking about even adding some segments of, of how to lament together and all these other things that we're talking about. So please know that your voice is also needed um, because we want to hear from you um, so that we can really be the body that Christ has called us to be. So I love you both um, for um, uh, taking this on. Uh, Bridget, uh, Bridget, I love you for your passion and your um and your humility, um, too, Laura, the same. And also, Laura, I love the fact that in my, in my experience with you, Black folks has never been a project for you. It's been a partnership. Um, and I think, and, and even, even to the point of um, a holy, godly deference in certain areas. And that's what we need, folks. We need folks that will love each other and, and, and then be able to override the structures that have been put in place, not just externally, but also in our own minds. Well, I think that's it for me. Uh, brothers, you guys get the last word before we send our sisters, uh, bid our sisters adieu. Uh, been wonderful. Thank you. Love you guys you. and that's see it. you guys soon. See you. Bye. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been great. Cool. Well, great, great. Um, I, I, I was blessed by that. Um, yeah, how are good. you guys? Yeah, doing great. So we've got two minutes. Um, I think two minutes can go to whatever sort of yeah. tidbit we want to share with the folks. I do want to mm-hmm. just remember, remind our life church folks of men's breakfast uh, on the twenty eighth, under not twenty eighth, the eighteenth in the pavilion. It'd be a great time. I'd love yeah. for us to be able to fellowship together. Uh, we, we will observe social distance and all that good stuff, but feel free to bring some lawn furniture, go to the now page and sign up. Um, and if you're hearing this on a podcast and you're not a member of Life Church, I want to invite you as a man to come down and maybe you might become part of our family and we'd love to have yeah. you. Um, and so feel free to hear that invitation as well. And so, yeah. Yeah. What I have one thing just for us and I'll, I'll try to keep it out of an appointment here in five minutes. So I'll try to keep it quick. I think we'll have a conversation about this later, but um, for many people, there's been a discussion about a video that was posted, excuse me, a video that was posted last uh, weekend that we were made aware of on Sunday, just with our uh, a individual in our church and uh, the youth director, um, Abby, who has actually moved on um, uh, not because of the video or anything. She just was in process. She's on her way right now to the next thing. I'm just excited for her. And it caused some stirs and some frustrations. And um, for the reasons primarily of, of um, there's some content in there that's nuanced and, and difficult. And since we didn't do a good job preparing the parents ahead of time, um, we were unaware of that. But uh, because we didn't do that and because YouTube is not uh, a great place for these kinds of difficult conversations with youth, 
um, specifically. Uh, because of those reasons, uh, we took the video down. And so I know that there's lots of discussion about it. I'm hearing all about it. It's getting back to me. Uh, people have come and approached me um, um, through email instead of meetings to talk through it, asking about our statement of faith and, and being confused. And, and this is a hot button um, um, subject. Uh, and, and so what I would say to you is that uh, reach out to us. Pastor Jared wrote a really wonderful letter that explains everything and the nuances. So if you would like to see that, you can. Um, but I think there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of gossip spreading about it. And so I would encourage you, anyone who's watching right now, to encourage them to come and talk to us. And that gossip, I, I mean, I pre it's like sometimes you preach a message on Sunday, and then all of a sudden, everyone gets a massive opportunity to apply it to their lives. So apply it to your lives. If you're having a conversation about something that you don't know about, you got to stop and you got to and point people to us. And I say this with a smile on my face because we're not afraid of that. We love, we, there were some mistakes that were made um, and we're going to own that to the best of our ability with humility, but then it's time for a great conversation. So I'll reiterate again, everybody who's reached out, the most part has been super respectful and kind and concerned about uh, what God is doing. And we're going to have those conversation. That's wonderful. I will say here, cause people are asking about it. We believe with the ECC that you know, it's chastity outside of marriage and marriage between one man and one woman. And what that means is any sexual behavior outside of a marriage between one man and one woman is not God's plan for us and is a sin. And we aren't going to change on that. And uh, Jared does a wonderful job of explaining just some of the nuances. Last thing I'll say, and we really, I have to jump off and you guys might want to keep talking, um, which is totally okay about it. And we probably need to have a more discussion about this yeah. later. Last thing I want to say is that as a, as a church, we don't want confusion to happen like this again. And so uh, the three of us that are right here are working on hot button topics and creating position papers, papers that serve um, towards our staff so that they can be aligned and LT so they can be aligned, um, but as well for the church to go, oh, oh no, what do they believe about it? And they can go right to the position paper. It also serves as a wonderful paper about these issues, homosexuality, biblical marriage would fall under one of those, like biblical sexuality, um, which we need to, to put together. That they can go to those so that the fears and worries and concerns and assumption and gossip doesn't have to continue, but we can point to it as well as to say, hey, there's something happening that doesn't line up with this and to create a really good third authority. And, and I, I, man, I, I just want to encourage people, like have these conversations. There's amazing good that can come from them. And to remember that the three of us here and, and Abby and, and everyone on staff is human. We make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And just because we make a mistake doesn't mean we have abandoned theology in the faith. Uh, in fact, it means that we need it more than ever and that forgiveness can come. And so we'll, we'll own what we can own and we will love through what, and we will get better. Every single one of us will say, I can do better. Um, but it's, it's Christ that runs the church and we do have some, some things we'll do. So we'll, more information will be coming out about that. For now, Jared's letter uh, can serve as a wonderful um, uh, encapsulation of what happened and our thoughts about it. And you can get that uh, just by asking one of us and we'll email it to you if you weren't a parent who already got it sent to you as well. Cool. Anything else for that, nope. guys? Nope. Jared, uh, you spoke beautifully. Well, good. Uh, thank you. Cool. Well, join us next week.
folks, God willing, Dio Valente, um, we will have another table talk um, unless the rapture comes. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> depending on where you shake out. There's on. another position. There's right. another position. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Uh, well, well, let's just say this. Depending on if the Lord returns, everyone agrees on that one. Thank you. I'll, I'll, so I'll Maranatha, Lord Jesus, help us, keep us, reach out to each other, love each other, care for each other, be Christ towards each other, and we will see you next week, God bro.